Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. And a good day. I am happy, joyous, and free, as are my incredible guests. We've got Carissa Kranz here, who is the super lawyer, vegan from birth, BevVeg founder. We're going to learn about that. We've got the amazing, daring vegan Danny Rukin in the house from Portland, Oregon. (laughs) All righty. And we are talking about what everybody else in the entire world is talking about today, the coronavirus. By the way, if you see me looking down, I'm either getting ready to pet our co-host, Little Rico, our rescue from Puerto Rico, who is always on our shows, or I'm sharing this out. So share it out, people. Um, Okay, the coronavirus. Everybody's talking about the coronavirus. Now, whenever you listen to this, maybe uh, years later, the coronavirus will go down in history. And so what caused it? Well, our abuse of animals in the food system, once again, is the culprit. It was emanated from a wet market, which is a fancy word of saying a meat market in China. And people who worked at that meat market, at least one woman, and then it spread, started getting sick. And it was a seafood market technically, but they had all sorts of wildlife there. And so these live markets, these animal markets have been shut down in China. You know, we have hundreds of meat markets, live slaughterhouse markets in in the United States. I think there's like a hundred in New York City alone. So we have to take a look at our own behavior and um, say, are we creating those same conditions for other viruses? So you have the coronavirus, you had the pig virus, uh, the swine flu, you had the bird flu, you had mad cow disease. All of this is nature, I believe, telling us the way you are dealing with animals in the food system is morally reprehensible. It's horrible for the environment. These animals are kept in terrible conditions. That makes them prone to disease. So let's do a roundtable discussion here again. These are our opinions. I'm stating what is known. It did emanate from the live market in China, okay? Nobody has all the answers yet. But a lot of people are, let's go out and torture uh, a billion animals now to try to find a cure. Whatever happened to, let's not torture animals to begin with. Let's transition to a plant-based diet. We wouldn't have to deal with any of these pandemics and viruses and flus that are making life miserable for so many people and causing the stock market to crash. So take it away, ladies. Um, okay. Well, I think you also um, forgot to mention the the tick that if you get bitten by it, you become deadly allergic to meat. So I think it's important to realize that this is the law of unintended consequences by us wanting to eat meat The consequence is, whether we like it or not, the environment is getting destroyed, our health is getting destroyed, the animals are getting murdered, and no matter how you look at it, it's a planetary disaster. Yeah, and I would agree. I think the bigger picture is that when we're, this is, there's nothing normal, natural, or necessary about what 
we are doing to our whole planet, meaning everything. We have 7.6 billion people on this planet and we're acting irresponsibly. We're treating the planet, other species and each other as if we're, as if we're dispensable. So there's no thought about what the consequences are to our actions. And I think that this is a, a really good example of what it looks like when we just keep you know, doing whatever we want, follow the money, uh, and for our own pleasure, regardless of the impact it has on others and on ourselves, because we're all one. So I think this is a perfect example. Zoonotic diseases, of course, is going to happen when we're in crowded areas. And it is shown that the in the, in the market, it doesn't matter. This isn't about countries. This isn't about anything else. We, it, and what, what happens is, is that when you have something like this, everybody's looking for where to blame, what to blame. We're, all we're saying is that we need to get conscious and be responsible for the impact that our thoughts, words, and actions are having on ourselves and each other. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like what Jane said, you know, the, the, the bird flu, the avian flu, our reaction was to just kill the chickens. The swine, swine flu, flu, the our, pigs. Yeah, our reaction was to kill the bury pigs. Bury them alive. The mad cow disease, our reaction was to kill the cows. Um, you know, we, we keep putting on these Band-Aids without going to the source of the problem. And the source of the problem is that the animal agriculture industry is so unsanitary that it's causing these diseases for us as a human race. And we would just, if we just stopped eating animals... These yeah, and this is what it happened. And the solution is not for us to try to make it more sanitary. There is just nothing right. It's morally reprehensible that that, that we would be mass producing and the and and harvesting animals. They're sentient beings. All right. While you guys share out this video, thank you for doing that. I just shared it out while they're talking. I'm going to pick it up here, and I urge everybody. Please share this out because this is an important dialogue. I just had a revelation listening to these women talk. So I'm in recovery. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm going to be a 25 years sober April 1st. Yes, April Fool's Day is my sobriety date. And there's a good reason for that because I made a fool of myself when I was drunk. Um, now, uh, when I was in my disease of alcoholism, I thought alcohol was the solution, but it was the problem. So bad day at work, have a uh, drink too much. Uh, good day at work, celebrate by drink too much. I thought always that alcohol was the solution to anything that was going on. It had to be the coda. And when you ladies were talking, I suddenly realized, oh my God, killing is our addiction. So we kill animals who are just like little Rico here, just like your dogs and cats at home. They are sentient beings and we treat them like, and this is a direct quote from the animal agriculture industry, live inventory. When they are left in concentrated animal feeding operations, giant warehouses that have no windows where they never see the sky, they never touch grass. And when a hurricane comes, they just lock them all in there to die. And then they call it live inventory. And they get the insurance companies and the US government, your tax dollars to pay for replacing those animals, those tortured animals, so that new animals can be tortured again. And so our problem is, started with killing, killing in the live markets, the feces, the blood, the bacteria, all of that festering in a live market in China. So killing was the problem. What did we do? We looked for the solution. Let's kill some more. It's just like alcohol. When alcohol created my problems, whatever it was, 
social problems, career problems, um, hangovers. I thought the solution was alcohol. I didn't realize the solution was not drinking until I hit bottom. So we are looking at killing as a solution when it is indeed the problem, just like alcohol, just like drugs. Any addiction, the mirror, the smoke and mirror is that it appears as the solution when it's actually the problem. So instead of you know, torturing billions of animals now in laboratories to find a vaccine while we continue killing animals. If we did what China did, albeit they were pretty much forced to do it because of the coronavirus, shut down the live markets and hopefully they won't open again and transition to a plant-based diet, a a plant-based society, a plant-based lifestyle, we wouldn't have to worry about the coronavirus, the pig virus, the bird flu, the mad cow disease, And we wouldn't have to worry about one out of every four Americans dying of heart disease, which is arteries getting clogged with cholesterol, which only exists in animal products. So what I'm saying is we are looking at killing as the solution, killing as the problem. And this is the really fundamental question of are we going to go extinct or are we going to evolve as a species beyond killing? We Our primitive mentality is to look at, for me to win and survive, you have to die. For me to eat, this animal has to die. That's extremely primitive thinking. And now it's killing us. And nature is saying, if you keep killing, you could hit extinction because animal agriculture is arguably the leading cause of climate change. Now, I know you say, well, I didn't hear that on the news. No, because look at the commercials, meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals. They keep pointing at fossil fuels. Actually, there's a new white paper out that makes a case that animal agriculture is responsible for 87% of greenhouse gas emissions. You can go to climatehealers.org, climatehealers.org, and check it out for yourself. There are citations for everything, and it's being peer-reviewed and vetted right now, and it is going to be published in a scientific journal. So um, you make your decisions on that. But certainly we can say it is a leading cause without having anybody uh, argue with that. A leading cause of greenhouse gas emissions and climate change. So we are killing the planet. We're killing ourselves. We're killing the animals. We're killing, we're destroying habitats to make cattle grazing land. We're, we're chasing off the wildlife. We're leading to mass extinction because meat is such an inefficient food source because animals eat 40 times at least what they produce as food. We're also accelerating human world hunger as the population rises. All for what? Because this primitive mentality that for me to win, you have to lose. For me to eat, you have to die. This is the fundamental challenge of humanity to get past that very false notion. So we're going to get to some fun stuff. But if you want to, you can read all about this and um, the impact of animal agriculture on climate change. Uh, this is the Jane Unchained documentary, Countdown to Year Zero. It is free on Amazon Prime free to Amazon Prime members, countdown to year zero. It explains how we could immediately begin to reverse climate change by en masse switching to a plant-based diet. And it does so with the help of a PhD who is, in my opinion, a genius. Okay, ladies, should we continue talking about this or should we talk a little bit about the fun stuff? I think we have a final thought. Okay, final thoughts on the bad stuff. Then we're going to get to fun. (laughs) Go ahead. I just want to piggyback on what you said that, um, in order for us to eat, you have to die. That doesn't work. We live in a win-win universe and we really are 
all won. So in order for us to win, they have to win too. In order for us to be healthy, the planet has to be healthy too. So it's a win-win universe and the solution needs to become, become not what is the band-aid for us to continue to enjoy to eat what we want to eat without thinking about how it got there and what kind of planetary devastation is happening in order for the food to get to our plate. It's more important to really think about how everyone can win in a situation and on a global planetary level. And if I love this, and if we define winning, uh, what I hear is thriving. It, it, there's, there's, it's, it's impossible to, we're not going to have peace on earth or peace between each other or within ourselves as long as we're exploiting other beings and animals are other beings. They are, they are equal in all the ways that matter and they want to live just as much as, as we do. And so when we are, when we are seeing them as the other and then exploiting the most vulnerable among us, then right there, automatically we can tell you there's not going to be peace on earth. So it's not a zero sum game where first let's handle all these other human problems. It's all one. If we just come from a consciousness that uh, understanding that if we're exploiting anyone or anything, in other words, even, even when we're bullying ourselves and bullying each other, we have to watch, we have to pay attention to, are we coming from love? Or are we coming from fear? And it's not about being perfect. It's just about check ourselves. And so I would agree with that. Yeah. And it's just about understanding the law of unintended consequences and karmic consequences for everything we do, whether we realize it or not. It's all about what we are doing and what we put out is what we get back. So energy feeds energy and what you eat and what you think and what is what you are. So for eating so. and thinking violent, I mean, it is violent. Animals, they, we have noses, they have snouts and they have beaks. We have hands, there's paws and hooves, feathers, skin, you know, and scales, families, friends. We, I mean, there, right there. Look at this. If you wouldn't kill your, your dog or your cat, then how could you do anything other? He says, please, please don't (laughs) kill my friends. Yes. I mean, we show love. We're capable of loving animals. And I see people that I know people who live in our neighborhood weeping and crying and doing, treating their animals like their children, but then they just turn around and eat a hamburger and they don't realize that that, well, if they thought about it, they'd realize that is not just a dead animal processed meat. People love to say, well, the vegan burgers are processed. Guess what? (laughs) Meat, any burgers processed. In fact, um, because processed meat comes from a variety of different sources, when one is eating a single hamburger, one can be eating the body parts of literally dozens or hundreds of cows. One thing that got to me that I learned this week is that 100% of all meat has fecal matter in it. That is just disgusting. And another thing to think about, I was thinking about last night, I don't know if anyone's ever talked about it, but I was listening to people talk about a, the pig vigil and how they all get gassed. So these animals are being exposed to these carcinogenic fumes that are being absorbed into their bodies and then slaughtered after being pumped up with hormones. And then it's on our plates, if you choose to eat it, or on our menus, seasoned in a way that's going to taste good to you. Seasoned with plants. (laughs) And then you're not even realizing how toxic it is for, for us. And we live in a society on earth that is so disconnected. I think it is human nature to be in a state of 
disconnection with ourselves and with each other. That's like when you get into spirit identity and ego identity on things. And it is so easy for us, even if we love animals and we are compassionate beings, to just disconnect. Cognitive dissonance. We've all been conditioned and there's no blame. It's just that we've all been conditioned to believe that it's normal, natural, and necessary to eat animals, to, to use animals for research, which is really just follow the money, getting money for experimentation. We've, we've all been conditioned to believe that it's okay to use animals for entertainment, for labor. I mean, the things we do to animals for labor, for, for rides on camels, for, for joy rides on donkeys by people who are just so heavy set, and, and these poor uh, animals are just crumbling. We just want to be start to think out of the box. Don't believe everything you've been told, and don't believe everything you think. Question. Just get curious without blame and shame. And it's just, it's not us versus them. They need us to help represent them. It, it, we're all, it, we're all one. It, it, they are and we us. Can, and we could learn part so much from them. They have and different languages. They shouldn't be part of us because you eat them. They're part <laughs> of us because they're a part of this planet and they have every right to be here and exist here as we do. Yeah. I mean, and it gets right down to a whole attitude about animals. No, I love all my neighbors. They're great people. Uh, we've had an issue about squirrels. So I was feeding the squirrels because my cat loves seeing the squirrels. And right now what I'm doing is copying my New Day New Chef link and putting it on Facebook. So anybody who wants to watch New Day New Chef or who wants to watch uh, Countdown to Year Zero, you can do it right now. And some people said, I don't have Amazon Prime. It's 99 cents for those who don't have Amazon Prime. It's done through the nonprofit, done solely to spread the word. There's no, uh, this is not being sold. This is being distributed to um, the public so that we can wake people up and really switch to a lifestyle that's going to allow us as a species to survive. I want to say this. There is a sense, and you know, we're an arrogant species. We're an entitled species. And we kind of feel like this is our world. No, it's yeah. a world we share with animals. And, you know, if, if we don't start reassessing that and start to have respect for of the animals in our midst beyond our dogs and cats, who we also treat terribly, sometimes disposing them when they get old, et cetera. But if we don't start doing that, we will destroy all the wildlife. We're on a trajectory to destroy all wildlife, essentially, by 2026. And then we're going to experience an ecological collapse. Mm -hmm. And it's very possible that the planet could become too hot to support human life. If it hits 140 degrees on a regular basis in large swaths of the earth, people can't function in that. I remember going to the Alamo and I, I actually was in uh, Texas for a, a vegan event and I spoke and did this that, and the other. I had a couple of hours before my flight. I said, I'm going to go to the Alamo. Yeah. Wow. History. It was so hot. I had a suitcase I was carrying. I, I walked two blocks. I didn't get to the animal. I said, this is too hot. I can't even deal with this. How are we going to have tourism? How are we going to have business? Look what's happening with the coronavirus. It's crippling business. It's not in our self-interest to methodically torture animals in an industrialized food system. Mother nature is trying to tell us something. And what is our response? Instead of talking about well, this came from live markets in China. Maybe live markets aren't a good idea. Maybe we should look at the live markets here in the United States. Um, no, it's like, let's go and test 
for a vaccine. Let's torture monkeys and dogs and rabbits and rats and torture them in the laboratories to come up with a vaccine while we're still abusing the animals over here. This is the sick mindset and it's the powers that be that are carrying that out. There is no discussion of, they say, well, it stemmed from animals. It stemmed from animals being abused in the food system. That is selective. The blinders are on there where even progressive channels, and I watched this coverage, nobody's talking about, hey, maybe we shouldn't uh, have these meat markets. What? Maybe we should look at meat markets in the United States and see what, what's happening there. No, no discussion of that. So it's up to us to think for ourselves because everybody's got their thumb on the scale. You know, cable television is beholden to advertisers. Okay, one of the reasons why we're able to get a lot of our content on Amazon Prime is it's subscription-based. It's not beholden to meat, fast food and pharmaceutical commercials, to the, certainly to the extent that mainstream television is. So you will not see them reporting on anything. That's why I started Jane Unchained uh, like four years ago because I was in mainstream media for 38 years and I started going to different protests and events when I wrapped up. You know, turning 60, that's that's an appropriate time. I had a long career and I started going to protests. I said, wait a second, there's no media here. Nobody's videotaping it. Um, and uh, the people aren't even watching because it was so cold in New York when I started this in 2000, January 2015. And um, I said, we got to start documenting it because instead of begging for the mainstream media to do its job, which it's not doing, um, we need to use other systems like social media. That's why I say share this out, people. Share this out and talk about what's really happening. I have been a guest many, many times on cable news, a whole variety of shows. Sometimes we talk about healthcare. As soon as I talk about why people are sick, well, let's talk about health. No, Jay, we know you're a vegan. Let's, we're talking about healthcare. Uh, yeah, but but what about why people are so sick? Why, what about why one out of every four Americans dies of heart disease? No, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to, because the host is probably eating animals. The station is run by somebody who's eating animals. The commercials are about eating animals or taking the pills that you need to take when you eat animals for everything from erectile dysfunction to high cholesterol. The, the, the list goes on and on and on. You know, yeah, diabetes, like the top dozen diseases could be prevented or in some cases reversed by switching to a plant-based diet. They don't want to hear it. They tell you, you be quiet. That's literally a direct quote. When I talk about animal agriculture's impact on climate change, on human health, on animals, on, um, you know, human hunger. I, I talk to people who are the heads of hunger hunger prevention organizations, and they are killing animals and distributing to people. If you try to say, hey, it's not brain surgery, I'm not a mathematician, but if an animal eats 40 times what they produce as meat or dairy, why don't you just feed the food that you're feeding them directly to the people? We could wipe out world hunger. Oh, that's simplistic. <laughs> Your thoughts on this? <laughs> I'm pretty speechless because I it's it is ludicrous. I don't. What do you have to say? Well, I mean, it's hard. Thing? It's hard to go after Jane. I mean, yeah, she gets no, it I all mean, out. You, you really but, hit everything. <laughs> but it's just true. It's true. I think they need to have another documentary of an inconvenient truth. Yes. Because the real inconvenient. The really truth. inconvenient. <laughs> truth. Really. Yeah. Because I mean, we are an egocentric race as human beings, and 
it's our planet and it's their planet and we're not a superior species. We're just a little bit more organized in our ability to communicate with each other and have a system that allows us to put them down. And, and free that's will. Not we can good. choose, we can choose to be uh, a destructive or we can choose to be innovative and creative and uh, collaborative. It's all, we, we always have a choice. Now, I got one comment. We've got tons of comments coming here on Facebook because we're simulcasting. And we always want to say thank you, Voice America Radio, our executive producer, Tacey Trump, as well as Andrew and the entire team in the control room because they're allowing us to have this conversation, which is on radio and heard by thousands of people on Spotify, iTunes, etc. You can go to Jane Unchained, Voice America Radio. Just Google it and it comes up. And thank you, Voice America, for allowing us to have this conversation. That makes them unique because they're not sitting here saying, no, you can't talk about this. But um, we have, you know, tremendous positive comments. And then once one says, I would love that puppy for lunch. Kenneth. Okay, Kenneth, you raise a very good point. We take everybody wherever they are on the journey. You know, and Rico doesn't like it when we, he goes, I call my agent. I don't like it when they use me for this demonstration because look at this beautiful, innocent face. But this beautiful, innocent face is no different than the beautiful, innocent face of a calf or a baby lamb or a baby piglet or a little chick. These animals that are castrated without anesthesia and their beaks are cut off and their tails are docked without anesthesia and they're kept in crates the size of their bodies. If you did to a dog what they do to billions of animals for food on a daily basis, animals who are exempt from the factory, the laws, they're exempt from all, um, we, uh, we're, I got so worked up. I haven't seen the cues to commercial break. Okay. We're, <laughs> we'll, we'll skip this commercial break. We'll do whenever you want me to do a commercial break. I will. But anyway, um, if you did for one day to one dog, what they do to billions, 70 billion animals every year, you would be arrested and charged with animal cruelty and put in jail, put on trial, fined, um, you know, imprisoned. So there's a complete double standard because food animals are exempt from most animal cruelty laws. So if you took a dog, okay, okay, we're going to take a break at the half hour. Thank you. If you took a dog, okay, and you uh, cut off his snout and cut off his um, tail and take, took all his bones, I'm sorry, honey, and his snout and his eyeballs, popped up his eyeballs and took out all the bones and sliced up what was remaining, wouldn't? Your dog have eaten more than your dog produced as me, of course. So you can recognize it if we use an example of a dog. Thank you, honey. Um, we would never do that to you, although they do that to dogs. And people get outraged. And, and pigs are smarter than dogs. So it's pretty simple math. Animals eat at least 40, depending. It could be 400 times what they produce as food. 75 to 90% of all all soy is fed to farm animals. So tell me you, you wouldn't redirect all those billions and billions of tons of soy to starving children. You wouldn't diminish world hunger. I mean, this is real basic math. You don't have to know um, higher math to figure this out. Okay, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about our New Day New Chef launch party. We're going to get happy. Yes, yes, I'm going to show it. Yeah, go ahead. And this book came out. Voices for Animal Liberation. All right, so we want to talk about that. Oh, we're still live on Facebook. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. We're here with an incredible panel here on Voice America Radio Live Talk. We've been talking about the coronavirus, but we're switching to, I'd say, more upbeat topics now on the second half hour incredible book voices for animal liberation there was a book signing this weekend Brittany michelson put together this incredible anthology each um chapter written by a different person who explained their um evolution toward a plant-based diet now danny yours is very interesting can you give us the uh, two-minute summary yeah so so there's a big book release launch party it was fantastic and uh, Carissa was there. She was. She can tell you a little more about it. But I want to say that my piece. I was. I was one of the readers, and I read a portion of my piece, which is gay rights, feminism, and animal liberation. How I made the connection, and I think it's so. I hope that other people who are on a spiritual path, who believe in social justice issues, who believe in equality, who want justice for all, who believe in uh, justice for climate justice, justice for the planet. And, uh, and LGBTQ issues and feminism. If you believe in all the, the principles of all those things and compassion, then I hope that you read my chapter as well as everybody else's because I do focus on the fact that once I came out as vegan animal rights activist, it was like a second coming out for me. I came out in the 70s uh, as a lesbian. And then I had to deal all over again, you know, as a lesbian, I came out and all the heteronormative, every image, every billboard, every commercial was about, you know, being heterosexual, every TV show, every movie, flagrant heterosexuality. And then all I had to do was walk down the street and holding my girlfriend's hand. And we were considered like, don't shove it in our face. Well, the same thing is happening with veganism. It's just like everything is meat everywhere and billboards and media everywhere you go. And the minute we say, well, the reason I'm vegan, it's like, don't shove it in our face. And uh, were you even asked to leave a party <laughs> with friends because you walked in, they asked you, what are you up to? And you told them you were an animal rights activist. The next thing you know, they were like, don't let when the door I, kick you in. <laughs> 
it. Don't let the door hit me. It wasn't that night. It was the next day when I said, I hope it, it, you know, I didn't cause too much, you know, I was just being myself and they asked me what I was up to. And when I started to talk a little bit about dairy, the reality of dairy to feminists, lesbian feminists, and I, you know, about how what we do is we forcefully breed these cows, female cows on, on what the industry calls rape racks. And then when she holds her baby for nine months, we then, if it's a, if it's a male, we take that male calf and we either kill him instantly, slaughter him mercilessly, or he's confined in little crates to become veal and then killed eight to 12 weeks later. If it's a female calf, she goes through the same thing her, mo- her mother does. They cry with, from separation. It's just like mother and child. And then we're stealing. We are the only species that steals the milk from another species. Then we impregnate that cow again and again and again until she becomes useless and we drag her off. They often get these painful infections and we drag her off and slaughter her for cheap meat. There is nothing feminist about that. There is nothing dignified. It is wronged. But when I talk to other feminists, lesbian feminists- After they ask you. Yeah, after they ask me, what are you up to? Exactly. Well, the next day when I said, I hope I didn't, you know, cause too much friction, you know, uh, they said, actually, you did. And you're not invited back. <laughs> yeah, because you Speaking know what? Truth to power. Let me get back to the uh, addiction analogy. When I was in my disease of alcoholism, somebody came to my party and they didn't want to drink. And they said, no, I'll just have soda. I would give them the evil eye. Like, what's wrong with them? Because water finds its own level and people don't want anybody highlighting what they're doing. If there's one sober person, then as everybody else gets more increasingly increasingly intoxicated, that sober person is seeing it all from a, a sober perspective. And who wants that? Who wants somebody who's there, you know, looking at all the nonsense that we do when we're intoxicated? So I see the analogy over and over again. And, you know, it, it took me hitting bottom um, in two weeks. It'll be 25 years ago to um, and making a fool of myself at a party in Hollywood. That was basically what happened. Uh, complete arse of myself. That is what it took for me to wake up and say, you know, wow, who was that person? Oh no, that person was me. And then I sought help and you know what? The obsession was lifted and here I am. It's very similar. People are afraid to give up animals. Oh, I'll never go to a barbecue again. No, we have vegan barbecues all the time. I'll never go to a beach party. No, we have beach parties all the time. I'll never go dancing. No, we go dancing. In fact, we do a blender dance on New Day, New Chef, which we should get to in a second. But your final thoughts on on uh, on the on the what we were talking. What about. What was it like to be at the uh, the party for <laughs> for for the book release? Oh, I think yeah. actually the book title says it all because it says voices, right? So what I liked when I was um, there listening is there were many different authors and many different readers, and they all came from different walks of life, and they all came from different backgrounds. Um, One person used to work in a slaughterhouse. One person was African-American. One person is gay. One person is uh, spiritual. And everybody was addressing it from their perspective of what changed within them. But the common thread really was is they, they all came from a place of either one being, being bullied for their decision, which I was born and raised vegan. So I was bullied for being raised vegan. 
Um, and I have to say, you're very modest, but now you're a super lawyer. You were voted a super lawyer. You're also, you also have a master's in something else journalism. and in journalism. And you were a professional ballerina and you've started the Be Veg certification. So we want to get to that right away. So in fact, why don't you tell us about the party while I get some of the wine bottles that you got in, uh, distributed Tell us about the party last night. Uh, Jane Unchained held a great party. Come on, tell us about it. New day, new chef. Yeah, it, it was it was a wonderful party of uh, all the chefs and uh, co-hosts and taste testers that were there for season one, which is now available on Amazon Prime. And Of which I, you were one of the chefs, Carissa. I was one of the hosts. Hosts. Don't put me in a yeah, kitchen. That's right. <laughs> all right, here we go now. Guilty as charged. Okay, okay, wait. So we need it, a different, we need Yeah, well, this you one? tell no. the story. Okay. All right. She's going to try to find the bottles that I can show you guys with our vegan symbols on it. But um, so my I'm a lawyer and um, my law firm certifies vegan. And you may ask, why is that necessary? Like what? Why can't I just say I'm vegan? Why isn't that enough? And the short answer to that is the word vegan is like the Wild West it doesn't mean anything. There's nothing to hold it accountable. There's nothing to uh, keep it credible. And there's no third party uh, legal certification process around the world, period, end of story. There are trademarks and third party um, certification stamps, but there's not one unified show. global standard. And the goal is, is to one day get there. And that should be the goal of show, everybody. Show, so, okay. So show the stamp on this bottle so, of wine. So we put it up here. Okay. So we have we have two programs. We have and one we have a, a, a wine, uh, a vegan alcohol stamp, and then another one for all products. This is the wine um, logo. You got to get it real close here. There it is, right there. Look at that. There's the wine logo. Be veg. So now, first of all, I want to say I'm gonna I want to just jump in and say um, thank you to all the different companies that donated for our party last night. New Day, New Chef is a new vegan cooking TV series currently streaming on Amazon Prime. It is going to be on public television stations around the country this spring, and it showcases dozens of notable vegans and vegan chefs, vegan athletes. We had Dotsie Bausch, who won an Olympic medal as a vegan. Uh, we had vegan bodybuilders. John Sally was at the party, yeah. the NBA legend who's vegan. And I just want to say thanks to Dea. We can't show you any actual food because it was all eaten. And uh, some of the wine brands we can't yeah. show you because it was consumed, not yeah. by me. I'm sober, but it was a big party, very successful. I want to give a shout out to Lori Allen, who is an incredible actress who also appeared on the show, who lent her lovely home for the launch party. And so um, we've got some videos on Jane and Chan. We're going to put it on the website. But anyway, continue on. Okay, so... Um, some of the brands that donated uh, for last night was um, Chateau Elan, which is this bottle. They're, um, they're an award-winning winery in Georgia, and um, they have a beautiful resort and spa. Uh, Priam Vineyards, which is in Connecticut. Uh, Broadland Wineries in the UK. Um, we had ORE, Raw Vegan Gin. We had Bellissima Prosecco, which is Christy Brinkley's private label. We had yeah, Ling right Linguea Franca. There's the front. Here's the front of Christie's. Here's, here's, here's Christie's. Is uh, this uh, so? Oh. Hang on with this. Okay. One. But yeah. this we we had the proudly vegan, um, the wine. But 
this is not okay. the actual. All right. Well, too. actually, uh, again, so many of these were consumed. This is the raw vegan gin. Check this out, raw vegan gin. I never even knew there was such a thing as and, raw. You know, and you last night, I have to say, Jane was like, "Oh, just bring three bottles of that." It, there's no way we're going to get through it. That gin went faster than anything. It was gone. So, and then Linguea Franca's another one that donated in their top 100 winery in the world. Um, okay, so yeah. we want, is anybody else? We want to thank everybody. Oh, uh, No Evil Foods donated sliders that were so good. And we want to give a shout out to Lisa Carlin for making her famous chili, her vegan chili that went over It is so my well. Fav- it's my favorite, oh, yes. favorite chili. Yes. And, and Sahar made an amazing lasagna. Oh, that was Sahar so Bell. Good. Wow. Now, thank you for every, I'm sure we're missing somebody. Everybody did, you know, it was a team effort. Everything done through the Jane Unchained nonprofit. And again, it's to celebrate the launch of New Day New Chef, which is a new vegan cooking series hosted by moi with the help of many, many co-hosts, including Carissa Kranz. And uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now, free for Amazon Prime members, 99 cents for everybody else. We made it as inexpensive as absolutely possible just to get the word out. Watch it if you enjoy it. You know, tell your friends about it. You can write a review, et cetera. Tell us what makes wine vegan, because I don't think a lot of people know this. Okay. So um, a lot of wines, beers, and liqueurs are filtered through animal parts. And um, that means it could be cows, elbows, and knees, and horse hooves, which is gelatin. It could be isinglass, which is fish bladder. It could be the crustacean shells of fish, which is the skeletons of fish. It could be egg whites. So... Um, when we're certifying alcohol as vegan, we not only look into the ingredients, which the Tobacco and Trade Bureau says there can be up to 62 ingredients in our alcohol, and we have no idea, because if you look at any of these bottles, even those that have donated, none of them have ingredients, process, nutritional information. It's just not required. It's considered trade secret. So... Uh, when it comes to alcohol, when they get certified by Reveg, we look into the process and the ingredients and all the trade secrets of the final product. And we also make sure there's no animal testing on the final product. So this is this is important. We have a free app you should download. It's Beveg. Um, and there you can see what's uh, certified vegan, what we think is vegan, what we know is not vegan and what has no information. And we're adding new features in the next week. You should definitely download it and help us because we downloaded about a million entries from the Tobacco and Trade Bureau. And a lot of it has no info. And the only way we're going to get info is if people download the app, use it and help us get that call to action. So the app is going to be interactive with companies. So you can create the demand and you can ask them the information and they will reply to you because they will know that the consumer wants to know. And this is no different than transparency in relationships, transparency in politics, transparency in labeling laws. It doesn't matter if you're vegan or not. Mm-hmm. You want to know the truth. We live in the age of information. And I have a question. Wouldn't this also extend to like vitamins and yes. cosmetics? Because so, you were talking about right. that. So we have we have another logo. I'll, I'll pull it up on my phone because that's I don't have it in front of me. And um, but we it, here's our other here's the other vegan symbol there. There you go. Okay. Um, and 
So that vegan symbol can go for cosmetics, for fashion, for vitamins, for um, any other food product. And you might say, well, why is that necessary? You might see a vegan claim on a box that says vegan. Well, here's why. Again, the law does not define vegan. So the question is, is by what standard? The law actually allows you to round down to zero if there's less than 0.45 grams of something per serving. So that's a lot. Per serving adds up. So if you have less than 0.45 grams of sugar or alcohol per serving, you can round down and say that that product is sugar-free or alcohol-free. So the government would say that that ingredient is insignificant. Therefore, it doesn't have to be disclosed. Then there's incidental ingredients that the government says does not need to be disclosed. And incidental ingredients are trace amounts of animal products that may have ended up in the final product through the manufacturing process. So is that when it says like may contain nuts or soy, that kind of thing? It could, or it could be the filtering and filtration process of like wine or how things are made. Mm -hmm. It just, it goes into a lot of different things. It depends on the product Mm -hmm. um, and it depends on how you define vegan. So I think what's important about certification programs in general is at least, you know, they have a standard that's set out. Like Like, organic, like what's certified organic. But at least organic is now government regulated. Okay. Yeah. And, And I think this is so important because I take vitamins and a lot of times, let's just use vitamins for example. I try to figure out, is this a vegan vitamin or not? It says gel cap, uh, veg caps as opposed to gel caps. We know gel caps can have gelatin. So it says veg caps. Okay, so the caps are, are vegan, but what about the rest of it? And I'm very confused and I'm looking at all the labels. So this way, if it has that symbol up there, I would be able to just go, okay, yes, this is a vegan product, I can rest assured that I'm not eating animal products. So that's super important. You know, especially as we see all these problems with uh, associated with animals in the food system, trace elements, you don't know what it could do, um, really. You know, there was a report that almost 100% of meat products that they find that they've tested have feces in them. So with viruses, et cetera, et cetera, I want products that are 100% vegan. That's what I'm looking for. And I want to give a shout out to a few other people who were at the party. We had a great time. First of all, let's give a shout out to our executive producer, Eamon McChrystal and uh, Hunter uh, his partner, and they were there working like incredibly hard. I kept saying, just relax and have fun. No, I've got to get these photos on Getty Images. So we had some fun celebs there. As I mentioned, John Katie Sally. Cl- Katie, Katie Clary. Clary was in the house, the producer and supermodel. We also had that snarky vegan girl in the house. And Donna Dennison, as well as Simone Reyes, a country music singer, as well as Otep, a punk rocker. All of these folks have appeared on New Day, New Chef. We had uh, Ali Eisman, the actress. We had uh, so many people. I mean, it was just a great fun party and celebrating this new show, which is designed for you. It's all being done through our Jane Unchained nonprofit, which means that it's really about spreading the word. It's informational, but it's super fun. And part of the fun is just when you watch it, you'll see that every time the blender goes on, we do a really fun dance And you can do this at home. Every time you use your blender, you can just dance it up in the kitchen. So um, tell us, um, how did you enjoy the party? Oh, I had a great time. What I loved is, first of all, 
when people say vegans, um, vegans don't know how to have fun, they haven't been around enough vegans. <laughs> so we really know how to have a lot of fun. There was so many, there was just so much love, so much celebration, so much affirmation of what's possible. A lot of, lot of people that we knew, a lot of people that I didn't know. It was just a perfect mix. How was it for you, Carissa? Oh, I thought the people were amazing. I had so much fun. And the food was delicious. So being a vegan is not a sacrifice. And I have to say, being um, being able to be at a party with a bunch of vegan chefs that were you know, hosting and bringing food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other thing so is good. that to go to a party, to walk into a party and there's like cheese spreads and there's all kinds of food and to know that you can eat anything because yeah. usually we go and we can't it's like we can't eat that oh here's some lettuce and tomatoes for you that's vegan mm. but here everything the cheesecake was by diet that was vegan everything was vegan yes yes we had a, a vegan pepperoni pizza we had uh what were those sandwiches um, oh the the no evil sliders yes yeah I mean, mushroom balls i mean everything just to go to a party and know cream. that you can eat everything and yeah, we had fancy cool. cheeses and uh, it's just not a sacrifice. I think the biggest issue is access, access, yeah. access to information, access to easy access to plant-based options. And that will change if you create the demand. I actually have a lot of fun going to restaurants and ask, and, and if it's not a vegan restaurant and driving the, the waiter crazy, Yeah, <laughs> because then he Good has job. to go back to the... I, you know, yeah. when I was younger, I was a little bit embarrassed to do so. I was like, oh, I'm going to silence myself. I don't want to be a big deal. But now I'm like, okay, well, if, if you don't know the answer to this, does this have chicken stock? Does this have fish sauce? Like, how is this made? And the waiter's like, I don't know. So he goes back to the kitchen. He then asks, you know, his team of people. And then they all know that someone wants to know is this vegan? And that creates demand. It does. It really does. And do you want to say, I was going to say, going to the grocery store, I always make a point, and I know Jane does this. I always say, oh, you don't carry this, or when are you going to carry, me? you know, Miyoko's cheese or Miyoko's butter, whatever, or I want my creamer, my soy creamer. It creates demand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Carissa's unusual. She was born and raised vegan. And um, what was it like? I know we only have a few minutes, but to you were bullied for, mm. for bringing, could you say a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, so it wasn't normal back then. The food pyramid back then was, was meat and dairy were like the major food groups besides, uh, I think carbohydrates. And so my teachers would say to my parents, Oh, she needs to see a nutritionist and look, there's her. something wrong with her. But my mom raised me vegan. So my mom was of course not buying into it, but my parents divorced when I was five and my dad was not a vegan or a vegetarian. So he legitimately was concerned about my health and growth ability. Um, and then my friends made fun of me, you know, I mean, tofu is very mainstream now. Like, Everyone knows it. Were you eating like tofu salad? Like, yeah. Um, but see, back like, then, tofu was not mainstream. I yes. ate tofu. Yeah. I ate tofu. I ate tempeh. I ate. My mom had back then. It was rice stream ice cream, not not the tofu and the diet and like the things that I see now. I so delicious, hot and But those options were always there. Yeah. They were always there. Mm. It's just they were less known. They were less obvious on the shelves. So, like when you went to school with like a. I was made fun of if I ordered, to if I, if I ordered, if I, if I, my mom made me a tofu dish or a tofu um, sandwich, they'd be like, Ew, what's that? What are you eating? And, well, but, and then talk, talk about your athleticism though. Here yeah. you are. I mean, 
You're Master like the poster child. You're a super lawyer. You have a, a large law firm that you run. You also have a master's degree in journalism. I don't have a master's degree in journalism. You also were a professional ballerina and you've never had a broken bone. Tell us about that because, I mean, to me, I think you're a living example that, hey, not so bad. something else, too, that I brought up last night that I've actually never discussed, like, publicly, but... I froze my eggs and I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I wanted to preserve the option, but the doctor said to me, um, you know, you don't really eat meat and you, so you're, I don't think you're getting enough protein. So you may not produce enough eggs to, to freeze them. Um, you know, and some people at your age only produce one or two eggs and you really want to get a good crop of them. And so I was kind of stressed out, but I, that wasn't going to make me eat meat because I'm not eating an animal, period, end of story, whether they get my eggs or not. But I took the opportunity to eat tons of tofu. Every day I was eating like a block of tofu. And I actually heart, like came up with so many eggs that they had to do the surgery a day early because I was <laughs> So I came up with 21 eggs. <laughs> Go vegan. <laughs> I mean, so I don't think that there's, gosh, it's so much just, it's so much misinformation, yeah. brainwashing. I don't know. We're conditioned a certain way, mm -hmm. but um, I, I did. I danced. I danced eight hours a day. I got into the top ballet companies. I I had, I have energy was never an issue. Um, neither was I graduated all my classes, top of my class. I mean, I, I, I have never had a problem because I was vegan. So I think the problem, it goes back to like what Jane was saying earlier. The problem is the, the, the commercials and the funding behind it and the education behind it, like the food pyramid, the food pyramid was the way it was because the meat and dairy industry paid their way to make it that way. Just like the tobacco industry, you'd see commercials with doctors smoking like cigarettes and yeah. it was like, and then it they got were being changed. paid for. Yeah. Then After it a lawsuit, it got changed. So it's about information. And I think the more we know and the more we get educated and the more we hold companies accountable, we're going to get accurate, truthful information. And that goes with everything, even whether it's the label, which I'm doing with my business, Be Veg, or if it's um, knowing, you know, the science behind it or how it's affecting your body or your health. Or and do your homework, but make sure that you understand who's paying for the research and you, nutritionfacts.org, yeah. you can go there because most people will say, well, my doctor said, or this study said, or this research showed. Well, see, first of all, is your doctor vegan? Because if they're not, they're going to tell you to eat more meat, get, eat more cheese, and, for, and drink more milk for calcium. Well, plant-based milk, I believe, has more calcium, and uh, I even think cow's milk, which was meant for baby cows. We are the only species that drinks the milk of another species that I always know, like and I have to say, I, I don't know who said it at that, at the book event. Yeah. It might've been Will Tuttle who said it. I don't remember for sure when they were talking about their chapter, but it's not only us taking away the baby calf from its mom and how cruel that is the moment the baby's born after we rape the mother, but that creates, why are we doing that? We're doing that because we want to get the milk to, to bottle up for formula or to give our babies that milk, which then not only creates a disconnect from the mom calf to the baby calf, but it creates a disconnect between us and our own mothers because mm. we are supposed to connect with our mothers and have our mother's milk. We are not supposed to have cow's milk. Can I ask milk. if you breastfed? And I breastfed. 
for a long time. <laughs> Look at her. I, My mom was <laughs> forward ahead of her time, but we love uh, your mom for that. And and you know, and she wasn't a hippie. Uh, we, she was from Atlanta, Georgia, a Jewish ballet teacher. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to wrap. I can just tell you, I've gotten an invite to go to an event, and um, I'm responding right now. In this time when the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice, and the SAG Awards went plant-based for the environment for to reverse climate change for human health and for many, many other reasons, it's incumbent upon events, public events that are still happening, given the coronavirus, which of course is based out of uh, the genesis of it is a, a, a meat market in China, and uh, it's incumbent upon these organizations to um, offer a plant-based meal if the event's happening. And that's what I was sending right now, uh, because we need to wake up the world. We can't just do business as usual. Mother Nature is literally shouting at us with hurricanes, with forest fires, with viruses. Stop abusing animals in the food system. Thank you so much for watching us. Thank you, Voice America. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.